ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show. Your new fix of Friday Night Sport. Welcome to the bench. Where it's 29 minutes past six, it's time to talk a bucket load of cricket over the next little while. We've got Saskia Hawley from Gordon Ladies Big Reds and the Sydney Thunder WBBL squad coming up shortly with... The Godfather, Anthony the Bull Caruso. But right now, it's time to talk a lot of men's cricket. It's time to talk New South Wales Premier Cricket. Another big weekend coming up this weekend, including a big broadcast that we are delighted to have on Sunday from Coogee to go through all of that. It's Ben Davis, who has been a long-standing top-order batsman for the Northern District Rangers. His... um his name came out of the barrel, must have uh, come out of the barrel at training on Tuesday night, and uh, he's taken the time to join us online on the bench to make his bench debut. Good evening to you, Ben. How you going, boy? Excellent. All right, well, first of all, let's just take us through last Saturday from the Rangers' perspective, an up-and-down day at Seasword on in hot conditions, although not as hot as it's going to be tomorrow, uh, against Bankstown. It's evenly poised, isn't it, with Bankstown 9 for 295 at Stumps on day one? Yeah, it was a tough day. I think, um, you know, Bankstown boys, to their credit, it wasn't the easiest wicket to probably play on, and, and the scores reflected that, but they, they got through that first session relatively unscathed, and then, you know, the hats off to, you know, one of their key players, McAndrew, he scored a very good 100, um, showed why he's sort of the next level player, and, and got supported very well from a, another bloke, um, Taylor, who got a good 90. And apart from those two, they didn't really get too much. So I think it was one of those wickets where they got in and, and batted well. They, they did very well to get to 295, and, and it'll be a good challenge for us tomorrow to try and um, chase those down. Well, you've firstly got to get the last wicket if they decide to bat on. Tom Felton, he's been highly regarded in the Northern District system for some time. Six for 61 off 30 overs. He got the big breakthroughs after tea, and if it wasn't for him, you would have been chasing a bigger score tomorrow. Well, that, that's exactly right. I mean, hats off to Tommy. He did a great job. Um, so the wicket sort of suited Tommy. He, he does what he does. He just hits a good area and just makes them, puts them under pressure all the time. And, and they, they were, we were staring down the barrel of probably, I was thinking potentially 340, you know, at one stage. And, and then they were sort of four for 260, I think they were. And then Tommy sort of got a few breakthroughs in a row. And we, we, that last little session was, was really good for us to keep them under 300. And uh, Scott Rogie, of all people, I mean, you light on for new ball bowlers. The, we all know the problems that Nathan Smith has. We might not see him certainly until Christmas, might not even see him at all this season, which is a real tragedy. Um, but Scott Rogie, using his experience, he's not, he'd be the first to tell you, he's not the quickest uh, bowler in the competition, but he took the new ball and held up an end and got two uh, good wickets to support Tom Felton. Scott did a great job for us. We, as you mentioned, we are a bit light on bowling, and, and our other a big, big gun, Ross Forson, who, who did got four for last week in the T20 for us. He uh, unfortunately had an injury, and we, we lost him first over after lunch, basically. So Scott had a big job to do for us, and, and the beauty of Scott, as you said, he's very experienced. He knows what to do, and, and, and the sort of gameplay we have to do have to play at Waitara to, to restrict them. Scott did it fantastically for us. Indeed. What's the latest on Ross? I know his ankle has been been in and out over the last couple of years. What's the latest you've heard on him? Well, the latest is he, he sort of he broke down after the lunch. He sort of said it felt like what it felt like the year before, before he, he got injured, uh, before he had surgery. So that's not a great sign. Um, he's going to see a few specialists this week and next week and, and we hope we get an update. But it, it doesn't look good at this stage. I don't think we'll see him before Christmas again, unfortunately. Well, then that's a real problem, isn't it? That... Um the Rangers have lost their two gun new ball bowlers. Brent Randell, who was a stopgap, uh, hopefully uh, for two games until Nathan Smith supposedly came back, has had to go back to New Zealand. So 
that's going to be an issue going forward into this season to try and find some young quicks, perhaps put in before they're ready. Uh, yeah, that's a massive challenge for us. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great, great opportunity for a couple of people. And, um, you know, we're, we're, one thing we're blessed at at Norwood is we do have a lot of depth in the spinners. So we might have to play it a bit unorthodox this year and play a few more spinners than we'd probably normally like to in the one team. But, you know, that could change things up. Other teams aren't used to facing that all the time as well. So, you know, it's a challenge for us, but one that we're going to um, hit running and head on. You're not saying that perhaps we could see some <laughs> Bunsen burners at Mark Taylor, perhaps? <laughs> well, I don't know if this weather keeps being as hot as it is, but that might be the case. Some Bunsen burners are coming. Watch, watch this space there. All right, let's have a look at the rest of the round and your thoughts briefly on where they're at before we talk on about Sunday. Another massive day of T20 Kingsgrave Sports Centre Cup cricket, which has been boosted by the appearance of a very high-quality international, which we'll come to in a moment. Uh, look, Blacktown did the job. A lot of batsmen got runs. They got to nine for 3.42, and they've got Fairfield in early trouble at one for eight at Joe McAleer. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's a good wicket out there. We, put, we were lucky to play out there a few times last year, and, and, and it is a great, great place to play. So I think 3.40 probably got them just above par there. Fairfield being one down already. Or mind you, the one down was a bowler they put up as a night watchman, I think. So they've got a bit of batting, Fairfield, but I'll be, I'll be back and back down from there. And at Raby, you've got to favour Campbelltown. Philip Wells is at the crease. Jared Burke is to come. Tanvir Sanger, the younger brother of uh, or cousin of Jason, took a fifer. Um, Jared Burke did his usual Jared Burke thing and Sutherland were rock and rolled for 2.29 and Campbelltown, it's theirs for, to lose at 2 for 73. Yeah, that went really well there, Campbelltown. I think that, that the big raps on that Sanger kid, he's obviously doing very well, the spin bowler and uh, like you said, Philip Wells at the crease, he can't, it's a big first hour, that one, I can't see Campbelltown losing from there but you know, Sutherland really needs to break through early to have a chance. No, Peter Forrest didn't matter for Hawkesbury at Owen Earl Oval at the farm. I like to call it the farm because it's near some cow paddocks out there. God bless them. Um, but they managed to post a number at 8 for 342 against Penrith. Another good total. I think there's a lot of teams getting over 300 on the weekend. And with this good dry weather around, the wickets are pretty good. And Hawkesbury's a great wicket out there. So I think that's in the back balance. Penrith's obviously, you know, last year's premiers. They've got a lot of experience. They won't be threatened by that. It'll be, it'll be a good chase, that one. Indeed. Well, want to talk about chases? Well, isn't this going to be a chase at Manly Oval? Goodness me. Uh, Manly went berserk. Four, six for 461. Ollie Davies has got the wraps on him. 165 off as many balls faced. And Ryan Farrell, an unbeaten 126. Uh, but Sydney University started none for 29. And if there's any side in the competition that you'd want it back to chase down 460 on a good wicket that will be there at Manly Oval tomorrow... It's probably the students. It's a funny one. Yeah, I remember a game probably 10, showing a bit of age, 10, 15 years ago. It's Manly Rohingya at versus Sydney Uni at Manly. Same sort of scoreline, and Sydney Uni chased them down. I think Yowen got 200 not out. So they've got Nick Larkin at the crease at the moment. They've got some good players. This could be an interesting little chase. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be putting my money on Manly just yet. I'd, I'd say Sydney are a big chance, surprisingly, or a draw. Still an option there as well. Indeed. Now, at Allen Border Oval, it seems that North Sydney have started life post the Crosthwaite's well. Five for 385. Ben Bryant got runs. Jack James got it. I've got a century. Jack James got runs. So did Justin Avendano and Tom Jaggett. Um, big chase for Mossman, even though they're at home tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to back North Sydney there. They've done well. I think that was that Bryant's debut hundred, so well done to him. I think uh, bowling wise, they've been they've been really strong this year as well with um, Alexander going through a team. So I'm going to back North Sydney to get home. That's a big chase for Monster. 
Indeed. Now, another big chase is facing Parramatta, although they will have Nick Burtis by the sounds of things in their lineup, which makes all the difference to their side. Uh, St George made six for 318 at Old Kings Oval last Saturday. They do. They get Burtis back, which obviously, as you said, boosts them. But I think St George actually get Trent Copeland back as well, so that'll sort of be a good challenge for Parramatta. Um, yeah, I'm really torn there. If Burtis gets runs, I think they're a big chance, but if he doesn't, I think St George will be too good. Seems to be the way now with Parramatta, and certainly after what happened at Mark Taylor Oval in the first T20, the theory that no Burtis, no Parramatta is very much out there at the moment. At Coogee, it's going to be a big weekend at Coogee starting tomorrow. Gordon have got a massive score to defend, 3.43 all out on day one. Charlie Stobo, uh, any side with him with the new rock in hand uh, has to be respected. And he's going to have to take a few early ones. Yeah, again, I think they're probably Gordon, maybe just above par there. I think uh, it'd be a good chase. But like I said, with the good weather around, three forty is very gettable at the moment. Indeed, um, at Pratton Park, I think this match is in the balance between uh, two sides that were tipped to struggle this year. Union New South Wales only made two fifty six against Western Suburbs. Josh Clark, the key. Yeah, Josh Class, I think he's a very good player, Josh. So if he gets runs, I think they'll, they'll do that easily. If um, Uni can get him out, I think, that, again, it'll be a really tight tight chase. That one, 250 is a tough score. Um, both teams are right in the balance there. And finally, we can tell you that it stumps on day one of the moved match between the Sydney Tigers and Eastern Suburbs at Dremoyne, of course. Um, there were machinations going on, and eventually... Uh, Daniel Smith and the Sydney Tigers were able to convince Cricket New South Wales to move this game to a Friday-Saturday time slot over the two days and it's certainly worked for the Sydney Tigers today in hot conditions they posted 7 for 379 off their 96 overs Uh, opener uh, Justin Mosker made a brilliant 124 Uh, he was well supported by uh, Matt Rogers with 74 and Bo McClintock 60 not out of 69 balls at the end of the day. And for good measure, they had uh, Glenn Denning coming in at number nine. Uh, Alex Glenn Denning with 52 not out of 45 balls with four fours and four sixes. Harry Conway, the pick of the bowlers for Easts, with two for 44. Uh, Atala, two for 96 off 25. So another big run chase for Eastern Suburbs tomorrow. But they do have some players coming back, such as Peter Neville. Yeah, that's a massive result, huh? So, um... Yeah, 379 day one. It's obviously going to be a back-to-back wicket. I think Des Moines does play well there, so that shouldn't play too much of a factor. But back-to-back days, I think chasing 380, that's going to be a big total. uh, Back to Sydney home there. Indeed. All right, so then we go to Sunday, and it's day two, match day two of the Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup. And uh, first of all, let's have a look at uh, the ND's task. They travel to Howell Oval uh, to take on Penrith with a score to settle after what happened on the opening day of the season. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, that little T20. I think we're sort of suited to T20 at the moment with our team. There's a lot of buzz around. Um, obviously, we lose Ross Pawson, which helped us massively in day one. But, you know, if we're going to play at Penrith day two, we've got spinners around. That wicket's generally pretty slow and low. And then uh, they lose, actually, a couple of players to, that are playing second 11 for the, the game too. So, I think it'll be a good contest there. They've got Josh Layla, who's obviously a very good player. But um, we're looking to bounce back after that round one defeat and, and sort of go 1-1 one, one with these guys through the season. Oh, yes, abs- uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, indeed. No, um, um, in fact, I should say you should be going 2-0 uh, then, Ben. I mean, after that massive performance in, in beating Parramatta in, uh, on the opening day of the season. So with six games in the qualifying instead of four, it's important to get wins on the board early. And to go 2-0 and if 
uh, you can beat Penrith on Sunday will be massive. It'll be huge for our season. We spoke about that. I think in the next two games, if we can at least win, you know, one of those, we'll go two from three. But if we win back to back, then we we obviously go almost as sure ourselves of the early final spot. So it'll be one we're not taking lightly. Obviously, Scott Rogers massive for us in the T20 competition. He's a very dangerous player. So we sort of back ourselves in that format, and it should be uh, should be a good game. And I think uh, finally, you mentioned um, a view with the spinners that will dominate your attack in T20 format. That may come into your advantage. You can. Uh, play AJ Singh, you can play Tom Felton, you can play Toby Gray, that's three of your bowling attack Rogie's a fourth and then you can perhaps come up with uh, someone else who can bowl four overs up from one of the lower grades to give them a taste of first grade Yeah we've got a couple of bowlers that we've brought in, I mean um, Matt Phillips who's played a lot of first grade over the years, he, he comes back into the team on Sunday and a young bloke Jacob Heinrich and then we've still got you know, myself and Dave Larry can roll the arm over for a couple of darts to uh, try and get through a couple of overs in T20 cricket. So, you know, we, we sort of think we're well suited to this game and we've got a good fielding team out in the field and it should be good fun. Indeed. Finally, um, the news came through very late in the piece about our broadcast game that we're very excited about at Coogee Oval on Sunday. It's the second match of the doubleheader. Firstly, the Randy Peets take on the Sydney Tigers. But the marquee match clearly... In the Sydney Sixers Conference, uh, Mornay Morkel, 306 test wickets, uh, a bucket load of one-day wickets for South Africa. He's living part-time in Sydney these days, and he's been drafted into this Manly Warringah side to take on Randwick Petersham on Sunday in our broadcast game at Coogee Oval. We'll be on air from just on quarter past two. Uh, he adds that little bit of extra, even if it's a temporary sugar boost to the competition, isn't it? Oh, I think it's fantastic. You know, any time we can get players like this to come back and play great cricket, it's such a buzz for, to be playing against those uh, guys. So Randwick should, should relish in that to get that opportunity and obviously the Manly boys to play alongside him. But it's really good for, you know, the development of young players and, and also for, for anyone who gets the opportunity to play against someone like Mornay is, is brilliant. You know, when, we, when we're all older and talking in the pub about our cricket in the past, we're going to talk about the games we played with and against players like this, aren't we? So I think it's a great experience and um, hats off to Manly for getting involved. Hopefully he plays more than one game. I mean, he is due back in South Africa to play in the uh, the Shweni Super League, the South African T20 competition, which starts on November the 8th. Um, so he may play one or two more games for Manly. He was quoted today as saying he's going to be a little nervous. He hasn't bowled for five weeks. I'm sure that uh, I don't know who will be more nervous, him bowling or some of those uh, Randwick, Pete, uh, Randwick, Pete, Randwick Petersham batsmen who are going to be facing... Morkel, even at uh, three-quarters rat power, still bowling at 145 clicks around the ribs. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he'll come back to him pretty quickly with his experience. And, and like I said, it's one of those catch-22s as a player playing against someone like that. You're not always expected to do well. So you're a bit of a no-lose situation. If you go out and do well, everyone, you know, what a confidence boost it gives for the players. And if he gets you out, you can always say, well, it was more than Morkel, wasn't it? It was too good for me. So it should be, uh, should be a good experience, I think, for the boys. Indeed. All right, we'll leave it at that. We've got uh, Saskia Hawley about to join us in the studio. Thank you so much for your time. Um, wasn't that hard, was it? <laughs> no, it, was good. it was good to be part of it. So thanks, boys. Ma- You're doing a good job. Indeed, and we'll catch up with you hopefully next week or the week after, whoever else is drawn out of the hat as uh, part of the, the Northern District roster here on the bench. Good luck tomorrow. I'm sure that uh, a quiet little uh, 50 on both Saturday and Sunday would be just the tonic to get your season started. Ben- be nice, Indeed. Ben Davis, thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. In, indeed. Ben Davis from the Northern District Rangers. Saskia Hawley from the Gordon Women's Cricket Club is up next on the bench at a quarter to seven. Welcome back.
back to the bench on a Friday night on Triple H 100.1 FM. Yes, it's time to talk cricket and it's time to talk women's cricket in particular. And we are so delighted, so delighted to have a prominent, young, promising star of the future with us on the bench on a Friday night. When you talk young stars coming through the ranks in Sydney women's cricket. Yes, you talk about the likes of Phoebe Litchfield and Hayley Silver-Holmes and a couple of others along the way, but you have to include this young lady in the mix. Uh, has been making her way the old-fashioned way through at club level, through at district level, hasn't been plucked out of any uh, development squad, hasn't been spotted from an early age somewhere else. She's done it the traditional old-fashioned way with both bat and ball. She's very prominently involved with the Gordon Big Reds, who arguably are and have been Sydney's premier women's cricket club for the last 10 years under the likes of Jessica Henry. We speak of Saskia Hawley and we are absolutely delighted to have Saskia with us on the bench amongst her very busy schedule with the Sydney Thunder. Saskia, welcome to the bench. It is a pleasure and a delight, and we really mean this to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. All right. I've probably done a little bit of the the prologue with your background, but maybe you can fill in the gaps. Uh, Yeah, so started with um, with Linfield District Cricket Club when I first played. Um, Yeah, mixed in with the boys, um, and then also at Gordon Juniors. Um, And then then got a call up by Jess um, and I invited to to join Gordon mm-hmm. um, had never played with the girls before which was interesting concept but um, yeah obviously played um, two years with Brewer two or three years mm-hmm. um, and then got asked to play first grade and from there played first Brewer grade. Shield is the under 18 Sydney women's competition for those of you that are uninitiated so it's the old fashioned Anthony Caruso is with me for this special segment uh, great to see you here Bull once again um it's great to see it's an old-fashioned, traditional, make your way through at club level and rise through the ranks. Nothing uh, against those that have been plucked out and spotted in talent searches and parachuted in at younger ages than yourself, but it just goes to show that you can still make it the traditional way, can't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, um, I have played with under-15s and under-18s as well um, and won titles there, which was a really nice experience, a really good experience. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, obviously performing at club has helped me as well um, make it into um, first New South Wales Breakers and then Sydney Thunder. Now, Jessica Henry, you've just mentioned the doyen of administrators. She still plays at whatever age she is, which I don't want to reveal on air because it's not a good thing to ask. But how much has she been an influence on you in your career, on and off the field? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously it was really nice for her to, to first see me and then um, invite me to the Reds. Uh, and, yeah, it's I guess my experience at the Reds has been really good so far. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to this season. Um, obviously... When you get time to play for the Reds now, which yeah, is a good, definitely. a good and bad thing, which we'll come to. Yeah, uh, I've never had that sort of situation where I've kind of been away from the Gordon, I guess, club has kind of been my my cricket um and yeah it's really exciting to 
um, to have that opportunity hopefully um, in the near future to I guess play for New South Wales or um, with Sydney Thunder instead of instead of Gordon um, but yeah the break is set up we all know their great record. They've won more titles than most of us have had hot breakfasts. What is it, 17 out of 21 years of the WNC or something ridiculous yeah, like that? Yeah, 20 out of 23. Or 20 out of 23, something like that. They've won seven or eight or seven of the last eight and it needed Sarah Taylor to be parachuted into the South Australian side and a brilliant hundred by her in a final Hurstville two years ago to stop that streak. All the big guns are there. Perry, Healy, says Ailey amongst others, Gardner, the Smiths, they're all there. What's it like in that setup in arguably the premier women's state side in the country? Oh, it's obviously it's a huge honour to be in that squad with them. Um, obviously with the likes of Rachel Haynes. Um, I forgot, how can I forget her? Yeah, Al- Alyssa Healy as well. Alex um, Blackwell was there for a lot of years before she stepped back from yeah, representative uh, duties to just concentrate on the Thunder and she's an all-time great of the women's yeah, game in this country. And even, you've even got people who um, like Renee Farrell who used to play for Australia yep. not now but um, and then even upcomers such as Naomi Stellenberg um, mm-hmm. and Nick Carey yeah well Nick Carey now Tasmania yeah well but yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I was learning off them from last year was was a really good thing for me and I obviously learned a lot about my bowling my batting and I guess as a person as well and moving into the Thunder setup now pretty much in that squad yep. take us through how that came about was it Alex Blackwell that approached you? Was it Trevor Griffin, the coach? Was it a combination? Uh, yeah, so it was Joe Broadbent who was the co- yeah who was the coach last year, and um, also David Moore, who's our high performance manager mm-hmm. at Crete New Wales. Um, yeah, so they approached me last year, and um, yeah, obviously took that opportunity as much as I could, and that was lucky mm-hmm. enough to get um, get a three year contract. So yep. um, nice and secure, I guess. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed my experience, and then this year we've picked up. Um, two different, two new internationals. So mm-hmm. we have Rachel Priest, who's been around for for a little while now. Um, and Lady Boom Boom. Yeah, Lady Boom Boom. Uh, Nita Dart. I've learned a lot of her, obviously being an off spinner as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's she's amazing, and um, yeah, trying to learn as much as I can. She's given me lots of tips, and I was lucky enough to um, bowl to her in the nets yesterday. So um, I was bowling to her, and she then bowled to me, and mm. I guess one on one, it was really it was it was quite quite a surreal experience. The dogs were telling me. That that Nita Dar is hitting the ball incredibly hard in the nets and it was if you got in the way of one of her drives you needed to wear a helmet was that pretty much the case yeah yeah I got one um got one back at me on on the ground though luckily not at my face but on the on the ground I wasn't going to touch that because that was that had fire behind it I reckon <laughs> that was that was on I was like no nah, save that for the game <laughs> now you mentioned a three-year contract it's probably mind-blowing in yourself that it's you've come from what was the case for women cricketers for so long having to work or study or to do something part-time yeah. and play cricket part-time and try and marry the two and cross your fingers and you had a, a, a boss that was receptive or uh, ready to give you time off through to the security of a three-year contract on whatever the dollars it is. It must be a massive quantum leap and a massive head spin for someone like yourself to get your head around that yeah I mean obviously I guess you hear from people like um, Fez and Mitzi um, certainly and Renee Farrell they Mm. they obviously went through that whereas I've been lucky enough to um, from the start 
be a professional cricketer, um, which I'm very fortunate for. And um, yeah, so I'm at, I'm at uni as well, studying Bachelor of Management mm-hmm. um, at UTS. So trying to juggle them too, but I'm only part time there, so two subjects. So um, I guess that that even shows that I don't need to be like I couldn't deal with full time just because mm-hmm. the amount of training we do. So um, yeah, being able to train four times a week is. I'm really grateful for that. And, like, mm. I mean, that's a lot of fun. Obviously, it comes with a lot of pressure behind it. Um, but that's professional sport for you. But um, I guess I'm doing the sport that I love. So, What about the Thunder context now? I did mention Trevor Griffin. He's taken over as coach. He brings a whole different raft mm. of experience to the table as compared to Joe Broadbent, his predecessor as head coach. Yeah. And he's very much been preaching the mantra that everyone has a voice, that everyone puts in. It's not a click of the top few and then Mm. the rest, everyone has a say. How have you found in the short space of time you've had working under Trevor, given his experience all over the world in various T20 franchises, other nations, etc. Yeah, I mean, obviously he, um, he's he been very successful with his team over in the Kia Super League um, and then coming over, yeah, he brings a massive energy, which is lovely to see. Um, yeah, he's always up and about, always having a smile on his face. Um, and yeah, I think that even, that, that lifts all the girls um, if you're having a hard day or that sort of thing. I think his energy really um, brings us all up and it makes us want to work hard. Um, yeah, the group's been really, really good so far um, in the lead up to the Big Bash as well as these two games that have come. Um, yeah, the group, all everyone contributes. I like can even see Fee- young Phoebe Litchfield um, throwing a main 50 on the weekend, which you just, everyone after the game was like, like everyone was getting around it, um, which, is re- which is really good to see because it means mm. we're all working. I guess we all want to hunt as a pack, as we all say, mm-hmm. um, which I think... Yeah, the vibe around the group is really good with all the internationals coming in and and all the ones that were already there. And that's important for this vibe because it is a new group. It is a, um, a, a different group. A lot of players have gone. Kerry, Vakariwa, three-quarters of the pace attack uh, have now gone. There's been an investment made in younger players, in, quote, kids like yourself, like Phoebe Litchfield and a few others um, with that core of experience there led by Alex Blackhall and Rachel Haynes. How's that marrying up so far with the likes of Nita Dar thrown in as almost a wild card in the mix? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously um, with some kids, some kids are actually doing their HSC at the moment. Um, so... Well, Phoebe Litchfield had to go to school. She's in year 11, is she not? Or is she doing her HSC? No, nah, she... she's year 11, yeah. She, so she had to go to school Yeah. the day after she made her 50. Yeah. That's a fair tale to tell. Oh, how did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to the shops. Oh, I did this. Oh, I just made a quiet 50 in, in WBPL. It's a different story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and obviously it's a very exciting prospect for them, um, I guess. It was the same in breakers. We all had, we had, we all had I guess, different stories that we were... Um, we're kind of grouped as different athletes. Some were full time. Some were sometimes going. To, some were going to work. Some were like still at school. Some were at uni. Like I guess everyone. But yeah, everyone's really come together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also even um, Shabnim Ishmael, who's also come in with yep. us. She's been a a, a great addition. Um, very. She had something different again. Yeah. Or she she brings that sort of that fire, um, which is which is really good to see. Like she bowls one twenty k's, and I know I don't really want to be facing that too often. And I haven't faced it yet. Oh so. mm, And um, 
not afraid to bowl a short pitch to delivery or two either. No, that first ball against Beth Mooney, everyone everyone got up with that as far as, yeah, that first ball against the Heat, um, bowled a bouncer that just went straight past a grill, mm. um, which was so exciting to see because there's not many women who can do that. And for us, for her to be in our team and just even as, as a, a fan of cricket, to see mm. that is really exciting. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of upcomers. Absolutely. What about your position now, yourself? You didn't play in the first two games. You were uh, left out of the starting 11. Uh, where is that at? There's a, it's a long campaign. It's 14 games in the qualifying um, and you've still got a long way to go in the season. Where are you at as far as possibly breaking into that top 11 in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, obviously that's that's a big hope. Is to I was lucky enough this year to debut for Breakers, um, mm. and I'm hoping that this season I can get that opportunity with Thunder. Uh, I guess it's just a case of me just continuing to work hard and learning off the likes of Nita Dar and um, Sam Bates. Yeah. Um, they've been big, I guess, role models for me. team as far as the role that they are that I I want to be as well um yeah so I guess trying to do as much as I can and trying to yeah I guess show Trev that I'm that I'm ready um I think that's the biggest thing um last one from me your champion champion at the bit I probably asked half of your questions uh, Mr Caruso but it's a very even competition by the looks of things the WBBL this year the Sixers look like they've come back to the field Hobart have bought a lot of players. It's yeah. old thunder almost. Um, and they've won their first two games. We haven't seen the Scorchers yet. They look a great side on paper. And we've seen all the other sides all do their thing and all very evenly matched. Um, it's a biased question, I know. But clearly, you guys think you can make the four, do some damage again, maybe go one or two steps further than you did last season. But it's going to be a a challenge with a virtual new group. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I think we we had three pre-season games leading up to the the season and that was kind of for us all to, I guess, get used to each other and get used to the group and that sort of thing and the dynamics. And, yeah, I think the two games that we played, unfortunately the loss to sixes, but um, to come back two days later and... And, and beat the Heat was a really, I guess, a detriment to how much we've worked as a group. Um, and, yeah, obviously, we would hope to win um, and hopefully go one or two sets better and make, make the big dance. It'd be really exciting. Mm. you got the two matches coming up uh, this week. First off, against the Sydney Thunder... Uh, the Sydney Thunder against the Melbourne Renegades at um, Blacktown International Sports Park. And then you've got your match against the Melbourne Stars at Bankstown Oval. Um, the Melbourne Renegades, they've been... There or thereabouts in the competition, the the Melbourne Stars have struggled over the last uh, few years. The Renegades should be a, a great challenge, especially considering that they've got uh, they brought in Tammy Beaumont this year, the England captain. Yeah, so I have I've I've only seen her play. I've never actually played against her, but I've seen her play on TV. Um, and yeah, she looks very skillful. Um, but I guess we've just got to go. For those games, just go to go to go to our, our strengths, I guess, and bowl our best ball, and and I guess back our strengths. I think that's the biggest things that we've kind of got. Out of the, the other one I was very curious about was the game against the Brisbane, the game against the Brisbane Heat, especially after the damage that they did to the Sydney to your crosstown rivals, the Sydney Sixers. Um, they've got a great 
they've got a great spin attack um, in their um, in their lineup, and, and the challenge that sort of comes with trying to manage your way through a um, through a match like that. Amelia Kerr, in, in particular, what a start that she had. But you, your team against them out at North Sydney Oval did an absolute number on them with the bat. Yeah, I mean, it was really exciting to see um, Phoebe Litchfield flourish and also, I guess, Al Blackwell as a, a strong leader in our team to also go on. Um, yeah, I think that game... They obviously bowled. They bowled very well against the Sixers, and we watched. I watched that game the night before, and um, yeah, I guess. But you got to got to look at it and go. Well, that's that game, and you kind of look at the next game. The one thing about that though was that it was hard for them to back up playing the Saturday night straight into Sunday afternoon. That's what you've got in your next two games. You're playing at Blacktown on a wicket that has question marks on it and has had question marks on it for some time. It'll be the first time it's been used for a match this season on the Saturday night. Very short turnaround to go to Bankstown, which is a pretty decent deck and a good place to play on the Sunday afternoon. Very short turnaround. The heat looked like they were still coming down from the win on the Saturday night and didn't get themselves up just wherever it was 12 hours later. How much of a challenge is that going to be? Such a short turnaround. It's not the first short turnaround you're going to have this season too yeah I definitely I guess the big bash has always been seen as uh, such a hectic time um in having the competition only run over two months and you're having 14 games like that's you look at that um from the outside and that's that's pretty full on um and yeah, but especially I th- with all the matches on weekends predominantly, there yeah, aren't many definitely. midweek games in this schedule. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think yeah, that that that'll obviously show um, how much we can bounce back um, after after a game having finishing at about ten o'clock. So um, yeah, I back us to, to to bounce back and and really give that that second game a real hot red crack, um, no matter the result on the night before. But obviously you want two wins, uh, clearly. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. All right, one last thing. A lot has been said about Phoebe Litchfield. You've seen her at close quarters. You've probably heard about her along the way before she came to the Thunder. Um, how hard is it going to be, as someone that's not that much older than her, to maintain the standards given the increased spotlight? Because, OK, on the one hand, women's cricket has moved along in the shadows for a long time, but... Now that it's making its own way and getting out into the light, the big names and the big stars can't get the added, the added pressure. They've only got to look at Elise Perry's life in the last four years and now increasingly Alyssa Healy's life where it's all micro-watched uh, from a short distance and from afar and Phoebe's going to have to put up with that and maybe yourself. How's that a challenge? Yeah, well, obviously a massive thing with, um, I guess it's like, like any sort of celebrity is there's always eyes watching you and um, I guess... What you've got to kind of do is just try and hold to yourself and kind of. Because you don't sign uh, up for it, do you? No, definitely not. I mean, it can it can be a good thing and a bad thing. I guess it depends how you um, how you take it, as far as how you deal with it, um, in the way that you act on social media or, or in public and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, if if I'm lucky enough to become someone like like a profile such as Elise Perry or um, or Alyssa Healy. Um, I guess that that can be a yeah, be a good or a bad thing. You got to kind of make your own decisions and act in the way that that doesn't. I guess you don't want to be a robot. I think is a big thing. Like you, you want to act yourself. You want to put your personality out there, but also um, keeping some things private. I think is really important. One last thing. 
you still want to keep in touch with club land and we at Triple H are keeping a very close eye on that women's first great T20 Cup which I think has been shoehorned into a very short time frame this season and having it out of the way in early November I don't think is in the best interest of that competition but that's that's another debate for another day but as such the short truncated nature means that your beloved Gordon with two losses are out of contention and can't make the final and won't be able to defend the crown they won only nine ten months ago Um, have you been in touch with Heidi and the girls back there, they would be absolutely filthy at those two losses, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so I played the first one um, yep. where we didn't play at our best. Uh, but that, I guess this year we've, I've kind of seen that it's going to be a bit of a rebuild year. I mean, every every club goes through it at some point, And I think this year, like, we've got, we had three girls who, de- who debuted for first grade mm. um, this year. So, um, yeah, young, young cricketers just finding their feet in... There is a big... I find there is a big difference between your first and your second grade. Um, and, yeah, just finding their feet um, and that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, obviously not in contention this year, but um, hopefully in the next coming seasons we can... But at least you've got the 50-over main competition to come in the longer format virtually all the summer, and you'll be back there after the WBBL finishes, arguably, for a lot of that, which is something. Yeah, which is really good. I, I've always enjoyed um, Gordon and, and playing at club and, I guess, trying to dominate that competition. Um, yeah. But and the 50-over format is probably something you wouldn't mind playing either. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to bowl more overs and, and, bat, and bat more overs? Um, mm. I guess any opportunity you get to play, you got to grab it with both hands and um and yeah i I look forward to this season and what it brings okay then saskia we'll leave it at that and we will come back with the infamous drop and give me 20 with mr caruso later in this hour thank you very much tony well saskia it has come to that time of the show this is the segment that could make or break your meet your future media career saskia hawley are you ready to drop and give us 20 i'm ready you're ready let's hope your teammates are ready for this as well because there, there could be a couple of um a couple of teammates maybe thrown under the bus here <laughs> and we are all about throwing people under the bus in the show <laughs> um, your original home club uh, Linfield District Cricket Club. Ah, down at um, down at Linfield Oval, the very old um, the very old clubhouse there. Yeah, under under tens, under eleven, Linwall team. Uh, your hometown hero there. Um, I wasn't there for very long, but um, Dad was a big influence, so I'm yeah. going to give him because he was the one who got me into cricket. And of course, the um, Linfield Cricket Club. For those of you who don't know, of course, the uh, the first home of Mark Taylor when he came to Sydney from Wagga Wagga as a uh, student at Chatswood Boys. Um, your first competition um, century and your first competition Fifa. Uh, first competition century was with Wakehurst. Yeah. Um, with you would know um, Ross Denny, his son, um, Aunt Denny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Fifa, I've got a seven for twelve at a under fifteen national team. Oh, in Buzz. <laughs> Who was that against? Uh, Western Australia. Any any big any big scalps as part of that? Uh, no, no big scalps. Um, but I was thirteen when I did it, so that's pretty <laughs> pretty big, pretty big achievement there. Uh, your most memorable on-field moment. 
Um, I'd probably have to say um, scoring in first grade my century there yeah. um, against St George um, and we ended up winning that game which was with I think about 13 balls to go so and, and St George Sutherland uh, for those of you who don't know is one of the stronger clubs in the in the competition so anyone, was there anyone in that team because um, they've got, usually got a few big names in there yeah Renee Farrell was playing that game yeah. so I kind of tried to that game I think I just tried to block her out of the, the equation I guess um, and Talia Wilson who both players for Thunder. Most embarrassing on-field moment? Um, uh, not embarrassing for me, but um, an umpire's pants have fallen down in a, um, in Brewer Shield. Uh, yeah, ball got hit back from one of my teammates um, and I was at the non-striker's end and Bola touched the ball and I got run out. Um, but then with shock, the umpire's pants, she, he's, he's jumped all about and, he's, and his pants have fallen down and he was a bit bit confused on whether to pull the pants up and put the finger up so he tried to kind of do both but and, and, and as everyone knows when you try to do two jobs at once you usually end up failing at both so. yeah it was, a, it was a bit of a everyone was kind of having a laugh but I was also disappointed to be out so it was a bit of a I was in the middle <laughs> you, you didn't know whether to laugh or cry yeah pretty moment, much so. um I mean, it's it's one of the most horrible ways to get out. Of course, is when they've absolutely smoked the ball, flicks the op- the bowler on the way through, and you run out at the opposition's end. Uh, it's it's a terrible way to get out because you just you, you can't do anything. So. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was. A, I didn't know how to feel. Uh, who did you grow up supporting? Uh, I grew up supporting West Ham United in the um, English Premier League. You're, you're a Premier League supporter here. Yeah. So who, you, that would have obviously been your dad then, as a yeah, result, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Dad. So I didn't actually really get a choice in what team I chose. Have but. you? Have you? Have you learned the, the team song? Uh, no, I haven't. But I know it's "Come on, You Irons." I know that's what they all say. So, um, but yeah, I don't. And, and he's obviously as a West Ham, big West Ham supporter. He's probably got the bubble machine going in the background whenever they score. Correct? Um, he's well. We have a we have a um, a game room downstairs at home. Yeah. So we've got a couple um, flags up and um, and scarves and and, tr- and I guess jerseys and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Well, there, there we are, Dom Rizzuto. If you happen to be listening in, we've got a uh, we've got a West Ham supporter here. We'll see how they go against your Aston Villa later on this year so um, and obviously West Ham's big rivalry against Millwall we'll never see it for, for some time yeah but definitely <laughs> um, any other sports? Uh, in AFL I follow the Giants yeah yeah um, and in the NRL, I'm a Rabbitohs supporter. Rabbitohs supporter, yeah. That we've seen a few of them pop up now. So um, they had a reasonable year this year. Uh, obviously, the game against Manly was one of the games, the games of the year. But even you probably would have felt after beating Manly, you would have thought against Canberra, no, nah, we're we're shot. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was going for whoever won that side of the t- the side of the draw because yeah. I'm obviously not a big Roosters fan or a Storm fan. I don't think anyone really likes the Storm, to be honest. Um, but obviously, Roosters being rival to um, to Rabbitohs. You have you been to a couple of those games, Rabbitohs um, Roosters? I've been. Yeah, I went to the first one this year, yeah. um, which was at SCG, which I hadn't I had never been to a game at the SCG for rugby league, which was a bit weird. But um, but yeah. Yeah, that, that those games always fire up, yeah. and not only on the field but off it as well. We've seen it all before. Yeah, I so. went to the, also the Roosters versus Storm. The the qualifying yeah, final. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, your claims of fame off the field? Uh, I'd say my souped-up car. So I've spent a couple, th- a couple thousand on the car. Um, what is it? It's a Hyundai i30. But no, it's, stop it. Yeah, so I've put on... Um, I put my flaps on it. I've got racing stripes on it. Um, got quite a few stickers on it. Um, I've added an exhaust as well. So uh, it's got all... like it's, It... 
it's probably, I would say it's the best looking i30 that I've seen as far as Hyundai i30 itself. Foxtel, if you happen to be listening in, we've got a potential host for you if, if you want to do an Australian version of Pimp My Ride. <laughs> So, um, yeah, give Saskia a call if you want to start a show like that. Um, this one's always a great fun. Three sports stars to have dinner and why? Uh, first one, Will Davidson. So he's in the V8 Supercars, yeah. number 23. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet him when I went um, to Phillip Island um, early this year. Um, I'd like to get to know him and that'd be cool. Um, you wouldn't want to be driving around si- on Siberia, would you? No, but I'd like to drive in the car with him. That'd be sick and a hot lap. Oh, that would if, be awesome. If that's available. Pat Phillip Island, yeah. Um, yeah, who else? Um, I'd go Dylan Scheel uh, from yeah. the um, GWS Giants. Um, not at the GWS Giants anymore at Essendon, but... Uh, well, yeah, that he, just means he's guaranteed never to win a premiership now. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's a really good player and um, obviously he's very good looking as well. Doesn't doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, third one, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. Um, You've gone the number 23, I've noticed again. Yeah, 23. Yeah. Obviously, I was born on the 23rd, so that's the significance yeah. of that. Um, and, yeah, I think... Obviously, he's a world-class. He was a world-class basketballer, and I guess that's one from each each different sport sort of thing. So that'd be a pretty cool dinner, so, I reckon. And I imagine, off the without notice, obviously twenty-three is your number. Yeah, twenty-three is my number for breakers, um, thunder, and club. Did you have to get that off anyone? Uh, there was. It was actually. I have an interesting story for you with um, thunder. So, I when I first got signed last year. Um, they said, oh, what number do you want? And I went, oh, 23. And then, um, so they're like, oh, cool. Anyways, then I got a message from Jason Sanger, um, who plays in the boys' team. Yeah. And um, so he's messaged me. He's gone, hey, Sass, um, I see that you want to be that you want to be number 23. Um, I'm it for um, for his club team at uh, Randwick Petersham and also with um, with the Blues. And I and he was like, and then I responded and I was like, oh yeah, sorry that like I'm also that for break for breakers and um, yeah. it was only breakers at the time, so breakers and and great. So it was kind of like he was like, okay, first in best dress. So I was really lucky to get there. And so now he's 32. So he's just gone the opposite. <laughs> you numbers. just snaked Jason Sanger. Well, I got him first. Yeah, he well, said first in best dress. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Absolutely fair. So um, I'll never get my one, which is number five. So um, mainly because that was the first shirt I played in when I scored my first goal in football. Yeah, And normally I play defence or goalkeeper, so I'm very boring like that. So, (laughs) Um, Which sport do you think the world could do without and why? Um, I would say... I mean, this is harsh because obviously there's people who love... love love these sports. But this is why this is all about throwing people under the bus. Fair. I would go... I'm going to go with badminton because I, I just... have never really found it an interesting sport. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, some people might say lawn bowls or something, but I love to go barefoot bowling. Oh, barefoot so, bowls is so awesome. So I would keep that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with badminton just because... It's not popular in Australia as well, I think. So it, w- a, it, it wouldn't ruin my life if it if it wasn't here. It's a very it's a very colonial kind of sport. Um, obviously, came in England, but it's massively popular now in East Asia. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get your point on it. Um, always a tricky one. The big issue facing sports today, and it can be your particular area within sport as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think one thing, I guess it's not, it is an issue, but it's it's probably, it's improving is our pay. Yeah. Um, obviously, it would be a dream if men and women could get paid the exact same amount, 
Um, obviously, men's sport has been around for a lot longer, and they've had they obviously went through this this sort of situation a long time ago, as far as getting yeah, paid. Back, back in the seventies, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess we're trying. I guess women's sport is kicking off, and it's really exciting to see. I guess the AFLW when it first came in and get a sold out crowd their first game, um, and then with us with the BBL being by itself this year is really exciting, and I look forward to see what it holds as far as all of the festival weekends and that sort of thing. Well, obviously the challenge that comes with it is is that you need to be able to commercially justify uh, the pay. Obviously the challenge is the chance that comes with it, but we've seen such improvements over the last few years with it and the investment that's coming in from Cricket New South Wales, Cricket Victoria and Cricket Australia that unlike in other sports where it's a pipe dream, Cricket New South Wales, I, I believe there's at least a five-year plan saying we can get there. Yeah, um, obviously I'm very fortunate only being 19 and being having um, cricket as my job. Um, obviously I'm at uni as well, but um, I think I'm very blessed to have that opportunity to um, play cricket all the, all the time, all year round. It obviously gets a bit tiring, but that's, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. Now, how do you kill time during the off-season? Uh, well, I alluded to before with going to Phillip Island with the V8. So I enjoy my car racing. Um, always at home, there's always sport on the TV, no matter what sport. Um, obviously, with family and friends, obviously try and take as much opportunity as I can to see them through that time off because there's not exactly much time off. We get about six weeks a year. So um, kind of trying to just chill out a bit more. we got to keep our fitness up and that sort of thing. But Would you consider maybe a guest stint as part of the pit crew for Will Davidson? Oh, I'd love that. That'd be that'd be that'd be a pretty cool experience. Um, yeah. So I mean, even doing a doing an internship at something else uh, at a, at some other sport, um, whether it be AFL or, or basketball, is what I probably have planned for this off season, which would be really exciting and a new experience. Pre and post match rituals. Um, I don't really have a post one. To yeah. be honest, um, I guess we kind of just do recovery as far as ice baths and that sort of thing. Uh, pre, I put my left shoe on before my right. Yeah, it's yeah. just a weird thing that I do, uh, and then I've kind of got a routine with batting and bowling. Um, not, I guess I've, I've changed my run up recently. My, I'm only on for five and a half meter run up, so I've, it's a bit of a, a bit of a short one now. Yeah. But um, so there's not much to do there. But I guess trying to keep my head focused when I need to, and turning off when I need to. So you're obviously not a fidgeter on the field. A little bit when I bat. Yeah. Um, not so much when I'm fielding and I kind of try and stay in the zone and then try and have a laugh um, when when it's mid when it's like in between balls. I kind of, um, but yeah, just to keep myself focused when I need to. Sure. sure. Um, biggest pest in your sporting career. This is this is your this is the first opportunity you've got now to legitimately throw someone under the bus. Uh, biggest pest. Uh, so. Probably, I probably have two. I would say, as far as with um, at Thunder and Breakers, I'd yeah. say Naomi Stallenberg, who's emerged as a pest to me. Um, yeah. This season, uh, and Renee Farrell always, always got a bit of band to come in here and there. Uh, I'd say Gnomes is probably more of a pest, just because she tries to wind me up and I guess catch a fish, as we say. Um, <laughs> I guess kind of throws the line out there with with some sort of comment that just like that just grinds my gears something it could be little like if if I do something like if I drop a ball saying she'll just give me stick for it and then it just, I just I just bite at it she knows I'm an easy catch so what about what about what about at Gordon um I would say 
think last year Heidi Cheadle like why, me. Why am I not surprised that her name's come up? Why am I not surprised? Uh, I mean, she we got some good band going, so I think that's why she's. I would find her a bit of a pest. I think also um, Charlotte Annabelle. Yeah. Um, Char likes to, likes to yeah, likes to give a bit of stick on the field, which is which is always which is always funny. Now I'm not surprised that you mentioned Heidi, obviously because of her personality, but also she is a part of the Keepers Union, and the Keepers Union, you and I would probably agree, are a rare breed of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, hi. The funniest moment involving a teammate. Um, I would say. Oh, I don't know if I could top the one about the most embarrassing about the whole um, umpire's pants falling down. That one's a. That one, that one, because I was batting with Tori Savile. Who Tori yeah. Savile? When I was, when I was in in, I mean, when, could, I, when I was in Bra, I was about fourteen, and yeah. she was she was sixteen, maybe only two years older than me, but she was double my height. So there's a couple, so there's a couple of photos where like, like I was pretty small, like I yeah. hadn't gone through a growth spurt yet, but she was giant, and I remember seeing photos with her in a yellow, her yellow helmet, and me just like dead set looking up at a giant. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what the mid mid pitch chats would have been oh, like. Oh, I mean, I probably ran them. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it was it was a bit. Of, I'd, I'd have to kind of yell, and there'd be some there'd be some hand pointing and that and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which teammate had the best and worst chat? Um, best chat, I would say. Shah's pretty good at Gordon. Like Shah's yeah. not is willing to give a bit of stick, um, which is very entertaining. Which I prefer her to be on my team than the opposition, because <laughs> um, otherwise it's otherwise I'd be a bit scared. I reckon there's been some a couple good calls. Um, worst, I'm going to throw Sam Bates under under the bus here. Yeah, um, yeah. Bates is just a little like sometimes can be a little bit a little bit awkward and, and just. Unco, a little bit unco on the, in the field and that sort of thing. Um, unco with her speech as well. I take it as well. Sometimes. Yeah, a little bit so, and um, and yeah, she's also an easy one to bite. So we kind yeah. of do give her a bit of stick because we know we'll catch a fish there. What about on the circuit? Of course, this is a recent phenomenon now. Now, thanks to the great cricketer, everyone going on about the circuit performance because it is a crucial aspect now these days. Um, I'm not sure. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, Batesy's Batesy's still a pretty Batesy again. Batesy's still a pretty easy phone, one. Too. Just f- likes to phone it in. Just like go, no, I'm done. I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, Batesy likes to. I, I've just heard a few things where she kind of has hasn't gone. Has said she'll go out and then hasn't gone out. Oh, um, she's a she's a she's a phantom. Yeah, she's some, an absolute phantom. Wow. Yeah, sometimes I've heard stories that that's that's yeah. not that's not official. I think we're going to have to make this official now. So, uh, Beta, you've been warned now. Um, your biggest rival. Could be, could be, like, friendly rival or could be someone you've just got genuine bad blood for. Um, yeah, so when I first started, um, Brew, I got um, Andreeks out. Like, I think, I think it was first ball. I'm not entirely sure, but got her out early when I first started playing first ball. Like, they'd, they'd hit over 200 on us in a T20 game. And, um, but got her a weekend, and I was buzzing because it was my first weekend. And, um, and yes, yeah, so it was a bit... It was a bad ball, so it was kind of... She was a bit angry about it, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll take it. Um, and then the next game we played them, I got her out as well. So it was kind of... Um, 
a little bit of a mini rivalry there. No bad blood, yeah. but um, but yeah, every time we kind of come against each other, I guess both being she's being a leg spinner, myself an off spinner. There's always a bit of bit of ba- a bit of the wrist and the finger spinners always. Yeah, there's always, always a bit other. between spinners. You don't yeah. want to get out to another spinner and. No, I know, I know, yeah. and it's not like the fast bowling cartel where everyone's got a bit of an understanding with yeah, with exactly. each other. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that. Uh, which team have you always hated and why? It could be any sport. Um, as far as I would say in the NRL, Roosters. That's no surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of the Rabbitohs. Um, in, I guess, I would say in the EPL, I've never really liked, like, Man U. I would say. That's I don't no know, just either. because I find a lot of people jump on the wagon and. We well, must be enjoying. Sort of you must be enjoying watching the uh, the wheels fall off the bus. Well, there we're the ahead of them. I think on the ladder at the moment. So. Um, which sports personality? This is the critical one, yep. the big one. Which sports personality would you nominate to next drop and give you twenty? Who, who are you throwing? Who are you throwing under the bus now um, for this? I'm gonna say I would say Renee Farrell. Yeah, this is maybe not me drop, like putting her under the bus, but I mean I think she'll let me know at training um, after doing it. Um, but I think she could give give some some good, obviously very experienced sort of player. So yeah. obviously some very good content there as well as a bit of banter and um, kind of yeah, kind of is the leader in with our team as far as. Um, Trying to trying to roll people up a little bit. Um, I don't. I, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see that. Well, Renee Farrell, if you're listening in, guess what? You're next here to give us drop to drop and give us twenty. But until then, Saskia Hawley, thank you so much for joining us here. No worries. Thank you very much for having me.